Father, we approach your word reverently. We approach it humbly. Speak to us by your spirit and through the word of the living God. We value greatly what we're about to hear today. And we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. I want to thank Pastor Tom and Pastor Nancy and all of our facilitators who did such a great job last week. Don't you enjoy it when Pastor Tom preaches a great message? Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, PT. Open your Bibles this morning, if you would, to First Peter. And we're going to look at chapter 1. And with me at verse 18 and 19, we're going to preach all day long on the precious blood of Jesus. Going to be doing this in the 11 a.m. service. Then tonight again, we're going to preach a little bit about the blood. And then we're going to have a good, solid time of prayer. How many of you know our country needs some prayer? When all the things that just happened this past weekend with more police killings, I'm telling you, we need to get on our knees before God and be praying in the Spirit. Amen. So, you know, don't watch the debate tonight. Come to church. We've got the answer. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this morning I'm going to talk about that the blood of Jesus is precious. We're going to be receiving communion today. And we're going to honor the blood. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but you were, were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The New Century Version says this, You know that in the past you were living in a worthless way. I guess that's a lot of us, or most of us, or even all of us. A way passed down from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. Thank God we've been saved from a worthless and useless life. Why? Because you were bought, not with something that ruins like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, who was like a pure and perfect lamb. Oh, praise God for that. Now, the Bible says in the book of James that the husbandman, that's our heavenly father, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth until he received the early and the latter rain. Jesus sowed his life on Calvary's cross. And on Calvary's cross, there happened to be a great exchange. Our sinfulness for his righteousness. Our weakness for his strength. Our poverty and lack for his riches in glory. Hallelujah. Our frailty and sickness and disease for His healing power, His glorious grace upon our lives. Amen. Amen. And so this investment that was made over 2,000 years ago, how many of you know it's still bearing fruit today? For Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the firstborn among many brethren. Now, I don't know what my number is, but not my number is in there somewhere when I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior, and He came into my life and delivered me from darkness and brought me into the kingdom of God. Your number's in there too. 
And yet there are many, many more places at the Lord's table that he's waiting to be filled. There are many, many more precious fruit of the earth that have not yet called upon the name of the Lord. And our Heavenly Father is patiently waiting for them. Now, I know that some of you want to get out of here yesterday. You got bills to pay and you got all sorts of things happening in your life. But you know what? That's the wrong attitude. Our attitude should be, I'm going to occupy until he comes. And I'm going to do my best to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got my harvesting tools out and I'm going to reap in this generation. And people are going to come in to the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. So he shed his precious blood for precious people. For the precious fruit of the earth. He says, well, what what does that mean? What does that show us? It shows us this, that to God, the precious fruit is of equal value to his precious blood. Let me say that again. Showing us that to God, the precious fruit of the earth is of equal value to the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what does the word precious mean? The word precious means costly. It means of great value. It would be the same word used to describe precious gold, precious metals, or precious jewels. I am looking at a group of people today that are worth the blood of the Lamb. Your worth is equal to the worth of the blood of Jesus. That's what was paid for, for you and for me. And that is what sets your value forever. Now, the reason why that people don't have a a, a sense of worth and value in their life is simply because they don't value him. The more you value the blood and the more you realize what he's done for you and understand who you are in Christ by virtue of the shed blood of Jesus. Oh, man, your self-esteem is going to go sky high. Because your self-esteem is not based on yourself. Your self-esteem is based on who you are in Him, in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I can't have any more sense of self-worth until I really value Him. So let's talk about the value of the blood. What is it that makes the blood of Jesus so valuable and so precious? And I believe that the more that we can see of this, the more that we can have revelation of this, the more that our honor can rise for him. Billy Brim says this. She says, make much of the blood and the blood will make much of you. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and notice with me in verse 11. And then we'll drop down to verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6. And such were some of you. But now you're washed. You are sanctified. And you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. 
Hallelujah. Such were some of you. But notice in verse 19, let's read this together. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. And then dropping down to verse 20, it says, For you are bought with what? You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So there is a price that has been paid for you and me. We have been bought. We are not self-made men. You're not looking at a self-made man. I'm a bought man. (laughs) I've been bought. You've been bought. That's who we are. That's what we have. We are the very temples of the Holy Ghost. To say that we have been redeemed means that we have been bought. I want to read a little excerpt from Billy Brim's book. And by the way, if you haven't gotten this book yet... It's called The Blood and the Glory by Miss Billy Brim. A tremendous book about the blood of Jesus. It should be in every one of our libraries. But she tells the story. As a child, this child tells a story. She said, I heard an evangelist tell a story which helped me understand redemption. A father and his small son worked together and built a toy boat. They whittled out its hull, painted it red, and attached a white sail. Then they enjoyed many happy hours, sailing in the river, running through their village. The father passed away. And when the boy sailed the boat alone, it brought back good memories, until one day, a big wind caught the little sail, and carried the boat down the river, faster than the boy could run after it, out it sailed into the sea. The boy missed his boat greatly, and it was gone for a long time. Around Thanksgiving time, however, he was overjoyed to see his little boat appear in the toy shop window. The shop owner said the little boat was brought in by fishermen who found it. I'll I'll let you have it for what it cost me. He didn't have any money. But he went to work, and he did a lot of chores. And finally, he made enough money to buy the boat back. And he kept hoping and praying, Oh, I hope that this little boat has not been sold. At last, on Christmas Eve, he had enough money. But had someone bought the little boat for a gift? How thankful he was to see it still in the window. Now listen to this. When he came out of the shop, he clasped the little boat to his chest and cried, Little boat, little boat, you are twice mine. I made you and I bought you. So what is the story? The story is this, that God made us and He redeemed us. He redeemed us not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. You and I have been twice bought. Say with me, I'm a bought man. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus. (laughs) See, we sold ourselves into slavery along with Adam, did we not? Adam's high treason brought sin into the world. But oh, our heavenly father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not what? Would not perish, but have ever 
everlasting life. He loved you so much that he did not want you to perish. And he does not want the precious fruit of the earth to perish. So he owned us by right of creation. And then he paid the highest price to buy back his own property that he created. Oh, thank God for the mercy of God. And when he rose from the dead, he handed you keys. And in essence, he said, serve me if you want to. You know, our response should be, yes, Lord. Yes and yes, I will serve you, Lord. Now, he washed us with his own blood. In Revelation, notice with me in chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 6. Revelation 1. 5 and verse 6. Let's read this together if we could. Ready, read. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Stop right there. First begotten of what? Was Jesus dead? Did he not go into hell for you? For three days and three nights. He is the firstborn of the dead. And he's the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us. And read the rest with me. <laughs> and washed us from our sins. In his own blood. Hallelujah. Now notice verse 6. He not only washed you. From your sins in his own blood. But he also made you something. I said he also made you something. And has made us paupers and beggars. Is that what it says? How about this? And has made us unworthy stinking sinners. No, no, no. And... Hath made us. Now this is by virtue of a gift. Your right standing with God has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with your faith in the blood of Jesus. And has made us. All of us. Somebody says, I don't feel like a king. Your feelings have nothing to do whether or not you are a child of the king and one of his kings that he's the king of. And has made us kings and priests. Thank you, Jesus. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that you should show forth the praises of him. Who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He brought his kings out of darkness. He brought his priests out of darkness into his marvelous light. That they may just sit around and twiddle their thumbs and say ho-hum. No, that they may show forth. Come on, lift up your hands. The praises of God. This praise ought to be coming out of king's mouths. 
this praise ought to be coming out of priests' mouths. I'm going to praise him in the morning. How about you? How about at noontime? Anybody here going to praise him? How about in the afternoon? You're going to praise him? How about when you put your head down the pillow at night? You're going to praise him? You're going to thank him for another day of life? Another day of joy? Oh, glory to God. Come on, kings. Come on, priests. Step up. Step in. Start acting like a king. Start acting like a priest. And show forth the praises of God. Woo, hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for Calvary's cross. Thank God for Jesus being raised from the dead, triumphing over death, hell, and the grave. So say it with me together. I am a king. And I am a priest unto God. (laughs) So his blood is precious blood. And there is life in the blood of Jesus. In Leviticus, of course, it talks about that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Have you ever seen someone that needed a transfusion before? I've been around people that had needed a transfusion and they were extremely pale. But when they did that transfusion of blood, I noticed that flush came back into their face. Their body was revitalized. Their body was energized. Why? Because the life of the flesh, it's in the blood. And I just dropped by this morning to tell you that there is Zoe life in the blood of the Lamb. There's Zoe life in the blood of the Lamb. Let's look at John chapter 1. It bears this out in verses 1 through 4. John, the first chapter, says this. In the beginning, in the beginning, what was in the beginning? Who is the Word? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was what? And the Word was God. Now notice with me in verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by the Word, and without the Word was not anything made that was made. Did not the Word declare, let there be light? Here's what I want you to see now. In Him, in the Word, was what? Was life. And the life was the light or the development of mankind. So in him, in the blood, there is life. There is resurrection life in the blood of the Lamb. This Zoe, the Greek calls it, this Zoe is a force that is so great, the possessors of it will never die. I don't know whether you got that or not, but I'm never going to die. Oh, yeah, I may give this body up physically one day, but oh, glory to God, as soon as this body goes down, the spirit man goes up. And I am not a body. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. My spirit is created in the image and likeness of God with Zoe life flowing through it. And the possessors of this life, you're never, ever going to die. 
What's that worth to you? What's that value to you? You know, there have been men and women throughout the ages that have searched for the fountain of youth. Ponce de Leon. That great Spanish conquistador, whatever they call him. He was searching for the fountain of life. When he traveled to Florida in 1513, many say it's a myth, but there's others that have searched for the fountain of life. I'm here to tell you, Ponce is dead. Marco Polo's dead. They were looking to stop the aging process, and they're all gone. But oh, there's one that was born of a virgin. Who lived a sinless, spotless, sanctified life. There was one who went about doing good for three and a half years and literally destroyed the works of the devil. Who gave his life as a ransom for all. But then he rose up. He rose up. It's like Clint Brown sings, PT. He got up. He got up. Aren't you glad he got up? And when you got born again, you got up. I said, you got up. A bought man, a bought woman. You got up. He Oh, I'm getting happy up in here. He raised you up and made you sit together with him in heavenly places. This resurrection life proves, proves the reality of an endless life. And his blood is forever on the mercy seat. And the blood of Jesus is still speaking today. You know what the blood says? You're healed. The blood says you're redeemed. The blood says you're sanctified. The blood says you're rich. The blood says you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. John chapter 5, let's look at this in verse 26. John the 5th chapter. Verse 26. Now let's read that together. Ready? Please read. For as the Father has life in himself, the force of life that is in the Creator is the same force of life that is in the blood of the Lamb. And it will never lose its power. It's still reaching. It's still lifting. The blood of Jesus is alive today. So how precious is the blood? Look at me in Hebrews. I don't know if we have the Holman translation up there, but uh, if we do, um, let's just wait on it just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll look at verses 1 through 3. Thank you. Now notice with me. It says, Long ago God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. Now in these last days... He has spoken to us by His Son. 
God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Now notice in verse 3, the Son, speaking of Jesus, he is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact expression of his nature. Now notice this, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Let's stop right there. There's sustaining power through the word of life. You know, when we get on an airplane, a lot of times I'll lay my hands on the jet and I'll say this to myself. He's upholding all things by the word of his power. Amen. That means he's upholding Mark and Brenda Thomas by the word of his power. That means we're going from Springfield to Denver and we're going from Denver to San Francisco. He is the upholder. He is upholding you. He is sustaining you. Sustaining all things, verse 3, by his powerful word. Now notice, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Pay particular attention again to that word. He made purification for sins. Amen. Now the word of God teaches us that you and I have a better covenant. Say it with me, I have a better covenant. And it has been established upon better promises. Now, how many of you know that under the old covenant, under the law, the blood of innocent animals was shed? Okay? And the animals that were shed were a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. But... The blood of these sacrificial animals only covered the people's sins. It never cleansed their sins. That's why they would have to go back year after year and offer a bull or offer a goat. They'd have to make an offering for their sins. How many of you are tracking with me? But now notice in Hebrews chapter 9, and I asked you this morning, did you wear your shouting clothes? Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. Just a good refresher on how precious the blood of the Lamb is. Verse 11 says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of of goats and calves. Eternal life was not in those animals. Say it with me. Eternal life was not in those animals. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood. By His precious blood. Now notice how many times did He enter in? He entered in one time into the holy place. And what did that do? Having obtained you and I have been eternally redeemed. Christ has redeemed us. Christ has purchased our freedom. Redeeming us from the doom of the curse. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 12, uh, verse 13, For if the blood of bulls and of goats 
and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkled the unclean, sanctified to the pure and fine of the flesh. Notice verse 14 and read it with me and I think we ought to shout. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? Glory! You've been bought. You've been purged. Don't carry your past around with you. Give your past a decent burial. And put 2 Corinthians 5.17 on the headstone. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, Raul, the new and fresh has come. I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. We do not have to carry in our lives anymore those old sin tags. We were once sinners, but now we've been saved by the grace of God. And now he's placed kings and priests into right standing with God. Now, the more we can see the value of the blood, the more we can see the value that we are in Christ Jesus. Now, in closing, before we receive communion, have you been fed this morning? You're getting feeding. I know this is not a long message, but it's a good one. I said it's a good one. Amen. Now, listen to this very carefully. The blood of Jesus Christ is precious... Not only because of its redeeming power, but the blood of Jesus Christ is precious because of its cleansing power. Everyone say cleansing power. Now, in 1 John, we want to take a look at this little letter, 1 John chapter 1. And I want to notice a couple of verses here in verse 6 and in verse 7 of 1 John chapter 1. Well, this will liberate you. What I'm about to share with you in the next five minutes will liberate you. It'll help you. It'll help you not be so hard on yourself. Amen. First John chapter uh, 1 verse 6, it says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, we're walking in darkness and we lie and we don't do the truth. So we're not going to be deceived by that, right? But now here's the verse I want you to center in on. In verse 7, it says, but, however, if we, this is conditional, if we walk in what? Now, what does that mean, walk in the light? If we walk in the light, if we walk in the word, or if we walk in the light that we have about the word. You can't walk in light that you don't have. But we can walk in the light that we do have. And I dare say that everyone in this auditorium this morning has been given mucho light. You've been given mucho word. And to whom much is given, then what? Much is required. But it's not a requirement that's difficult. It's a requirement, glory to God, that is joyful. I have light. I'm going to walk in the light. If I walk in the light, if you walk in the light, As he is in the light. He's in the light for sure. 
We have fellowship one with another. Well, I just can't fellowship with that brother. I can't fellowship with that group. I can't fellowship with that denomination. No, the blood of Jesus breaks down every barrier. And even though you may not agree with everything that comes down the pike, you can love your brothers. Come on now. I say you can love your sisters. Even though you may not agree with the Democrats and the Republicans, whatever, glory to God, we can love as he loved. We have fellowship with one another. I have fellowship with all sorts of people that I don't agree with. And I'm sure they don't agree with me on everything. But I'm not going to let it ruin a perfectly good lunch at the Black Bear Diner. Especially if they're picking up the bill. Hallelujah. We have fellowship. Fellowship. Lester Sumrall says that fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. We have fellowship with one another. And, not only that, and, everyone say, and, and the blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. What does it do? Come on, saints, what does it do? Oh, come on, somebody. Woo, glory to God. Notice that the blood of Jesus Christ is precious because of its cleansing power. And I want you to understand this, that John is not writing to sinners here. He's writing to saints. There are some people that say that First John was not addressed to saints, it was addressed to sinners. And then they cop out about First John 1, 9, says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and bring it to such a degree that you don't have to confess your sins because that's not written to you. I submit to you that sinners do not have light and sinners do not walk in the light. And he is talking to the brethren that have light. For first John is a book about light. It's about the word. It's about believers. (laughs) Sinners aren't walking in the light. Now that's the reason why they need to come to Jesus and get in the light. I want to emphasize in closing that if we will walk in the light as he is in the light, we can have fellowship with one another. As long, now listen to this, as long as you walk in the light you have. I cannot walk in the light that someone else has. I've got to walk in the light that I've seen. Even though you may miss it. You need to ask for forgiveness and you need to repent. But all those areas that you don't have light in that are pretty glaring. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a whole lot more than I saw last year. Listen. Even though you may miss it and not know you're missing it. There's a continual cleansing of sin. Here's what Dad Hagen says in his book. I got it directly from his book on the precious blood of Christ. He says this. When you know you've missed it, of course, you confess it to the Lord. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So here's what is so precious about the blood of Jesus. 
there's a continual cleansing for you. And I've discovered this as I've grown up more spiritually and I see more light, then I am absolutely responsible to walk in that light. But all those years that I didn't see light, there was a continual cleansing by the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. That is not an excuse to sin. That, my brothers and sisters, is mercy. And the blood of Jesus cries out mercy to us today. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the precious blood of the Lamb. We open up our hearts right now as we receive communion this morning. Just to a a, a time of communion, a time of fellowship with you. Lord, may there be a purging. Lord, people that have struggled with their past, Lord God, through the blood of Jesus, may they settle it forever in this time. Lord, for people that are hurting physically, we pray for health and healing to spring forth speedily in Jesus' name.